0: Hey, friends and family, thank you guys so much for listening in on another episode of Cast the Word. It's Sunday, April 19th, and today we're going to talk about overcoming temptation. Guys, thank you again so much for joining us today. I'm really excited y'all are here um, because I believe that this word of encouragement will bless you today, or at least I pray that it will. Um, The topic of temptation man that's a that's a heavy topic um and it's something that all of us can relate to it's kind of funny actually to to think about that um temptation and sin is a common theme that all of mankind has faced you know not not everyone on this planet has accepted christ as their lord and savior not all of us are saved and and, you know, our goal, and God, you know, it's not God's desire to see anyone um, not come to Him, right? But but before we accept Christ as our Savior, and even afterwards, um, all of us have faced the common theme of sin and temptation. Um, Adam and Eve were tempted in the garden, and ever since then, every human born has faced temptation. We have all faced it. Um, we've all suffered from temptation to to you know, different varying levels of degree, obviously, but, um, you know, we all have temptations. We all have, um, that, that, uh, itch that, that sometimes it's hard not to scratch. And, um, today I just want to talk to you guys for a few moments about temptation. I believe that, that God's given, put something in my heart to share with you in regards to overcoming temptation and some tips and tricks, I guess, that, 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 um, we can talk about to help us overcome that and um the you know like we talked about last week the battles in the mind right that's where the battlefield is and um that's uh where the struggle is but also you know that's where today where we talk about overcoming temptation that's um a lot of that's in the soul realm as well so i want to dive into this a little bit today Um, we're going to pull a lot of our scripture from um, the book of Corinthians. Um, uh, specifically, I want to focus first on 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13. Um, I'm going to read out of the Passion Translation, and it says, We all experience times of testing, which is normal for every human being. And that's what we were talking about, right? That that it's a common theme for all of us to um, have different varying levels of testing, or, or tr- call, it, call it trials, call it tribulations, call it... Temptations. It says, We all experience times of testing, which is normal for every human being, but God will be faithful to you. He will screen and filter the severity, nature, and timing of every test or trial you face so that you can bear it. And each test is an opportunity to trust Him more, for along with every trial, God has provided for you a way of escape that will bring you out of it victoriously. I like that um, in this one verse it 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 addresses a couple different things. It addresses the fact that we all experience times of testing. And it also provides some you know sense of commonality there that you're not alone. We all experience that. Um, you know, the most righteous among us, we still experience times of testing. That's point number one. Point number two is that it immediately, ends that sentence and says, but, and I love that, we all experience times of testing, but God will be faithful to you. And it gives us a little hope here, and it says, God will screen and filter the severity, nature, and timing of every test and trial you face so that you can bear it. God is looking at everything that you come across, and he understands and sees everything you come across. In fact, it goes through him first. The buck stops with God, and the timing and the test, the timing of the test, the severity, the the nature, um, it's all being screened and filtered by God, so that we can bear it. And I love that because it just tells us that, you know, we all hear God doesn't put anything on us that we can handle, and sometimes, you know, in the midst of the trial, we we may say, "Really?" Because <laughs> I feel like I'm I'm. I have more on me than I can bear. But find comfort in the fact that in this sentence, in this one verse, It says, he will screen and filter the severity, nature, and timing of every test or trial you face so that you can bear it. And it goes on to say, in each test, is an opportunity to trust him more. See, there's a lesson in everything that we face, and we all know this. We've all been taught it at a young age. We've all been taught it in church, sitting in church services throughout the years. Or, you know, if you're not a a regular churchgoer, surely you've heard it before that, you know, that. The, we learn lessons in life, and life teaches us lessons. And we all are who we are today, arguably, arguably, because of the things that we have gone through in our life. We are who we are because of the temptations that we've had that we may have given into. And and you know, there's a, a ripple effect of every decision we make. There, there's cause and effect to that decision. That decision can benefit you or harm you or have, you know, minor effects, but arguably every decision we make in our life in some form or fashion has an impact back on us. And, you know, the, the, the hope in this scripture is that along with every trial God has provided, He's also giving you a way of escape in that He's showing us that no matter what we go through, it's just an opportunity to trust God more. Proverbs 3, 5-6, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He'll direct your path. Each test, trial, tribulation, temptation, whatever you want to call it, is all there to help mature us. See God see sometimes we we ask the the hard questions of how why would god put this on us why you know especially if we face tragedy or tragic situations the first thing that the secular world or even we ourselves may think is god why me why would you let me do that why would you let this happen to me but we have to go back to this verse and i don't want to spend too much more time on this cuz it's kind of off topic but Think about the fact that every test is an opportunity to trust Him more. He's always going to get the glory. He's always going to get that glory. And and what the best thing for us to do? And it's easy to say, and it, you know, sometimes it's hard to follow. It's easy to say, but sometimes it's hard to follow, especially when we are when we're in the the heat of the battle. But no matter what we're going through, we have to learn. And we have to remind ourselves to trust God in everything we do, because we all experience times of testing, all of us, temptations, you know, trials, tribulations, feeling like it's you against the world. These are things that in some part of our life we can all relate to. We can all look back and think about the most difficult time we've gone through in our lives and and more often than not it almost feels like we sometimes go through that alone but we're not alone god is always with us god filters the severity of every trial that we go through he filters it so that we can bear it even when it feels like we can't bear it even if, when it feels like you can't bear it on your own know that it has passed the it has passed through god first it's passed its quality check. <laughs> Think of it like that. The temptation, the trial that you're going through is passed the quality check by the manufacturer, and he has okayed it to come to you because he knows that that trial is something you can, you can handle. Find hope in that, I pray. So not every day is sunshine and roses, and even after we get saved, sometimes it feels like more so after we get saved, after accepting Christ, you know, The times that we miss the mark are so, or the times that we face temptations or trials, sometimes seem so much more magnified, right? Um, A sinner, you know, may not find guilt in their sin because it's a lifestyle choice, but when the the when a Christian, when a follower of Christ misses the mark. It's sometimes a gut punch, you know, and and we immediately or we should immediately feel that conviction by the Holy Spirit and and know that that we've missed that mark. Um, And so my point is that aside from, you know, or rather even after accepting Christ, it's not like temptation just leaves us. We're still human. You know, we we accepting Christ the Bible says we are a new creature, but we're a new creature in Him, not because something magically flips a switch in us and we, you know, just because we accept Christ that we're no longer, you know, in this vile body or in, you know, have the thoughts that we had yesterday. I mean, it takes it it takes time to get the dirt, to get Egypt out of us. I mean, the Israelites had to, um, after they were freed from the, uh, the Pharaoh in Egypt. They circled the wilderness for 40 years. It took 40 years to get Egypt out of them. That's how we are too. When we, you know, are freed from the bondage of slavery, just like the Israelites were in Egypt, you know, we've got to go through a wilderness because we've got to shed that burden, shed that skin. And we can't do that on our own. We have to we have to do that in Christ. We are a new creature in him. We are still living in the same body we were yesterday. We still have the same t- temptations we had yesterday. But the difference now is, after accepting Christ, even though you may have that same scrap, that same itch that you want to scratch that you had yesterday before accepting Christ, the difference now as a, as a believer in Christ is that we now have the way maker and the miracle worker working for us, working on us, working in us. So I want to read another scripture from 1 Corinthians 9 uh, 24 through 27 I believe it is um, out of the uh, the passion translation we talked we talked last week about keeping our mind focused on the right things and and how powerful the mind is and if you haven't listened to last week's message the battle over your mind i encourage you to go back and listen to it um so in, in kind of building off of what we established last week listen to this scripture and consider that this too should be our mindset first corinthians nine 24. isn't it obvious that all runners on the racetrack keep on running to win but only one receives the victor's prize Yet each one of you must run the race to be victorious. A true athlete will be disciplined in every respect, practicing constant self-control in order to win a laurel wreath that quickly withers. But we... See, the first couple verses here, it's, it's creating this metaphor, I guess, of a picture of a runner's race and how athletes run, but only one can win. They all they all run that race, in order to win a wreath that will just wither. In order to win a trophy that, in time, will really mean nothing. It'll signify one accomplishment, but but it's temporal. It's not eternal. So I love how it paints that picture of the racetrack and athletes and all of that. So the first half of the of of this uh, set of scripture here talks about the temporal, and compares. The runner's race from an athletic perspective in the earthly realm to that of the eternal spiritual realm, still picturing the still having the painting the picture of that of that race. So it goes on to say, But we run our race to win a victor's crown that will last forever. For that reason, I don't run just for exercise or box like one throwing aimless punches, but I train like a champion athlete. I subdue my body and get it under my control so that after preaching the good news to others, I myself won't be disqualified." So it it's telling us here that we have to keep our minds on the eternal. We have to run our race knowing that we're racing to cross that finish line. To win something that's going to last us forever it's not going to be a trophy it's not going to be a participation award it's not going to be a certificate of completion it's going to be an eternal victorious crown that will last forever so in last week's message we also quoted romans 8 verse 6 and and i keep finding myself coming back to this verse and this you know we're we're building here we're building on overcoming temptation and, and the first way to do that we have to get control of our mind we have to We have to pray to have the diligence to pull down those strongholds by the help of the Holy Spirit. And Romans 8, verse 6 kind of tells us that as well. And that's what we talked about last week, but I want to read it one more time. Um, I'm going to start in verse 5. For those who live according to the flesh set their mind on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So there are points I want to focus in on today when we think about overcoming temptation and and these scriptures hopefully build a foundation to show you where we're going that that we all experience times of testing and it's normal but God's going to be faithful to us. He's going to screen and filter everything we go through in order that we can in order for us to bear it. And we need to think that, you know, in the respect of the athletic realm and how disciplined they are and how exer- how much they exercise to prepare for that race, that's the same thing we need to do from a spiritual perspective. We don't just need to exercise to be healthy. We need to be exer- we need to exercise so that when so that we can be effective while we're running our race as well and so that we won't um, so that we'll have the spiritual strength to endure the race, right? So here are some points I want to focus on today when we think about overcoming temptation. Number one, we need to first recognize our weakness. What's your weakness? Um, I am a, a youth pastor at our church and we talk. I've talked a lot um, in that class about knowing what your it is we all have an it. What do I mean by that? We all have an it factor, something that, um, I keep going back to this metaphor, but we all have that scratch that we want to itch. Now, I hope you understand what what I mean when I say that. We all have a proclivity to lean towards one particular sin or another, or what you might call a pet sin. Some people's pet sins might be uh, uh addiction some people's pet sins might be pornography some people's pet sins i mean you name it I, I don't need to go through and name all of them i think you we we get the picture here that we need to recognize here what our it is what is your it and once you if you don't think you have an it you're only deceiving yourself we all have an itch that we want to scratch okay so we have to recognize that and Listen to what Galatians 5 verse 1 says, and I think this is the Passion Translation as well. Um, It says, let me be clear, verse 1, let me be clear, the Anointed One has set us free, not partially, but completely and wonderfully free, thank God, that when we accepted Christ, we are free. But in the sense that He has set us free, we have to learn how to be free ourselves, and that's where the battle is. We must always cherish the this truth and stubbornly refuse to go back into the bondage of our past do not be entangled again by the yoke of bondage don't give in to your pet sins recognize what your weakness is if your weakness is alcohol and you have a history of you know struggling with alcoholism or or being an alcoholic and every day on your way to work, you pass by that bar that you always enjoyed going to. You need to find a new way to go to work. <laughs> you need to try to avoid those things that might trip you up, because eventually you're going to be coming home from work or going to work on a bad day, and you're going to see that that bar that that you know you were so uh, you had so much fun at you know um, before you gave up gave up alcohol and. Obviously, that's a weakness and you 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 recognize that's a weakness. So what can you do to avoid it? And that's what I'm talking about here. We need to recognize what our weakness is. We all have a weakness um, and we all need to be diligent and, and mature enough to acknowledge that this is a weakness, that this is what can so easily set me up. If you don't know it, understand that the enemy knows it. The enemy has been studying you long enough to know what will trip you up and get your mind off God and on the earth. And and the best thing that we can do as followers of Christ is to be mature enough and acknowledge that we all have a weakness. We need to recognize what the weakness is, and recognition is the first key to overcoming temptation. You will never overcome temptation entirely, but the idea is that you will at least get the... The tools in your tool belt to know that when that itch starts boiling up, that you won't go and scratch it, that you'll get your mind on other things, or, or better yet, better said, get your mind on God, and we can overcome it. Will you mess up? Yes, we all mess up, okay? But um, I don't want to get ahead of myself, because that's, that's a point I want to make as well, but um, so let's get back on track here number two it is written so the first one is recognize your weakness number two is it is written and what do i mean by that hebrews 4 12 says for the word of god is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and a discerner and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart it is written we've all heard the story of jesus in the wilderness right um and and I think I, I mentioned it last week or maybe the, the the episode before I can't remember but I know I've talked about it recently that you know Jesus faced temptation when he was in the wilderness Satan came and tempted him and all three times that he tempted Jesus Jesus replied back and said it is written if we don't have the word of God planted in our heart we're not going to be able to say it is written because we won't know what's written. We have to read and absorb the word so that when that temptation, when the enemy does come in like a flood, and he will, when he comes in to you to tempt you, we need to have the tools in our tool belt to pull out and be able to say it is it is written um, back to the enemy and, and once we do that enough, he'll flee from us. Amen. Second Corinthians ten four through five says, "For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God, for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ." It all starts with the thought right? It all starts with a thought. Temptation, sin, all of that starts with a thought, and we need to recognize that the Word of God is living and powerful. When it's when Jesus said it is written, he didn't just say it because it, uh, it, it made for a good story. He said it because he recognized that there is power in the Word of God, and that the Word of God is our weapon, and that it's a living and breathing and powerful Word. And when you use it, it turns into a weapon sharper than any two-edged sword, and 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 when we use that, we can attack the enemy when he comes to us. We don't need to play defense. We need to play offense. Amen. Number three, quickly repent when you miss the mark. And again, here I'm talking about um, some points of focus uh, when we think about overcoming temptation. Number one is recognizing the weakness. Number two, it is written, recognizing what's written. And we can't know what's written if we don't read. And number three, quickly repent when you miss the mark. I've said it. Over and over, will you mess up? Yes, we all mess up. None of us are perfect. There's only been one that's perfect. 2 Corinthians 7.10 says, For godly sorrow produces repentance. When we mess up, we've got to be quick to repent. Psalms 32, I acknowledge my sin to you, and my iniquity I have not hidden. I said, I will confess my transgression to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. When you ask for repentance... You will be forgiven. And that's how long that God's long suffering is amazing to me because we as humans, you know, when somebody messes up and, and does us wrong, you know, and asks for forgiveness, sure, we might forgive them. It might be hard, but we might forgive them. But if they keep doing the same thing over and over, you know, we ain't stupid. Eventually we're going to be like, you know, a tiger never loses its stripes. And But that's not the God we serve. And that's what's so powerful about our God is that, you know, all it says is, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. It's almost mind-boggling how easy that is. We tend to overcomplicate things so much in our lives that we tend to, to, to just think that, you know, um, there's no way god can forgive me you know I've done too much i've I've crossed the point of no return but that's not true you haven't crossed the point of no return as long as you're listening to this podcast you have a heart you are breathing you have a pulse and God is still waiting on you to ask for forgiveness of of your sins and and the power the beauty of our lord jesus is that he will forgive you and when we miss the mark be quick to repent don't let time pass the the best thing about being a a christian when we do miss the mark is that the holy spirit is so quick to convict us we know when we've messed up we are sometimes our own worst enemies and that comes to the point to the third point here that i want to make within this this topic Philippians 3, brethren, I do not count myself to be apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. We've got to be quick to forgive ourselves as well. So when we repent or when we mess up, we repent. When we miss the mark, we repent, right? And it's so easy for us to just to to repent to God, truly repent, okay? I'm not talking about I'm sorry and keep sinning. I'm sorry and keep sinning. The same sin. Just, you know, it doesn't work like that. We've got to actually try to improve. We can't, you know, and, and we will miss the mark. So don't misunderstand me. We will miss the mark, but we've got to be diligent and, and we've got to bear fruit and we can't keep going back. You know, going back and and making the same mistake over and over and over and over. Well, God forgive you, yes, but we've got to want to do better. We've got to want to do better as well. And when we do mess up and when we do ask for forgiveness... We've got to forgive ourselves as well. Pick ourselves up and move forward and move on. Don't look back. Paul said, "I forgot those things which are behind, and I'm reaching forward to those things which are ahead." We are our own worst critics sometimes. We don't need a jury um, to tell us, you know, how guilty we are of our sin. As followers of Christ, we know. We know when we've messed up. And we know the severity of it, and. The hardest part sometimes is us moving on ourselves. God's already forgiven us. God's already thrown it in the sea of forgetfulness. God's already let it go and moved on. Why can't we? And it's so hard for us. We have, we are so easy as a people to have no self-worth. So many people don't come to Christ because they think they've messed up too much and they're not worthy to be saved. But that's not what God wants. That's not God's heart. So Be quick to repent when you miss the mark. Will you miss the mark? Yes, but be quick to repent. And when you do repent, move forward. Forgive yourself as well. And and keep praying for God to guide you, which is my fourth point. Pray for the Holy Spirit to guide you. Stay in the Word. The the Word of God is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Psalm 73 says, With your counsel you will guide me, and afterward receive me to to glory. We've got to pray and acknowledge that we can't do this on our on our own. If we could, Jesus would have never needed to come and die on the cross for our sins. We can't do it alone. And we need to recognize and be have that humility that we are going to mess up, but we need to there are things that we can do on our own. We need to recognize what our weakness is. We need to stay in the word and and know what's written so that we can quote that back to the enemy when he attacks us. When we miss the mark, we need to be quick to repent, fall on our our face give a true repentant prayer god i'm so sorry you know psalms 51 david's prayer of repentance is so powerful that should be our heart when we mess up as well and when we do get up move forward don't waller in it don't don't waller in that in that pig pen of of lack of self-worth you know none of us are worthy let's get that straight none of us deserve what jesus did for us on the cross but he did because he loves us and and we need to accept his mercy and grace and and know that without him we're nothing a but b we're all imperfect and we're all going to mess up but we need to be quick to pray for for God to guide us so that we can improve we talked about just briefly last week about sanctification we all need to be to pray for sanctification to to continue improving to continue maturing to go, go one step ahead you know to to be better tomorrow than we were today to be better today than we were yesterday and so on and so on with your counsel he'll guide us and afterwards receive me to glory and the last point i'll be quick we want we have to want to get rid of that temptation we have to want to get rid of that pet sin is your pet sin addicting addiction to to drugs if your answer is yes the only way any of this is going to work is if you truly deep down in your heart want to get rid of it. If you don't want to get rid of it, God's not going to deliver you. Is your addiction to pornography. If you if you don't want to get rid of that addiction, God's not going to get rid of it for you. We have to we have to have a desire. God doesn't God can make all of us worship him if he wanted, but he wants us to want it, right? Do you want to be in a relationship with someone that doesn't want you? None of us want that. That's the same with God. God doesn't want a relationship with us if we don't want Him. If He did, He we we wouldn't even be having this conversation right now. Everyone would be saved. We'd all be in church on Sunday mornings. We'd all be worshiping. But that's just not the way it is. We have to want to do better. We have to want to want to be better. We have to want to overcome our temptation. And I believe with all my heart that if we truly want that, God will deliver us. God will help us. God will will guide us. God will continue to forgive us. God will um, help us to recognize what our weakness is and, you know, like we said in the beginning, even though we all experience times of testing, times of trials, times of tribulations, times of temptation, even though we all test, experience times of testing, which is normal, God will be faithful. And he still screens the severity, nature, and the timing of every test so that you can bear it. Amen. I hope you found encouragement in this word today. God's word is so powerful. He loves you. And all he wants is for you to be delivered from from temptation. All He wants is for you to be delivered from that pet sin that does so easily beset us. All He wants is for us to climb higher and higher, closer and closer, and stronger and stronger in our relationship with Him. Amen. I love you guys. Stay strong in the faith, and I look forward to talking to you next time.